Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the Canty and Carlin podcast. As high as Canty is today on the Los Angeles Lakers, and as we established earlier, there is officially hope in Chris Canty that lives today. There, It is a new day off of the Lakers win last night. Yes, it's been building. Yes, he's been more optimistic lately. But now, now there is hope for what the Lakers can do this year, as much as that is in the case, uh, as that is the case. The Milwaukee Bucks, to me, are, can't he, I mean, listen, a few weeks ago, I was on the Celtics, and that has fallen apart. So as you know, I can change my opinion with the wind, and I will do just that right now. <laughs> I, I, I don't see any reason not to think the Milwaukee Bucks are going to win the championship. And earlier today, Tim Bontemps appeared on with Fitz and Harry, and, well, he just agreed with them. If Milwaukee's healthy, they're going to win the title. They're the best team in the league by, uh, to me, a fairly significant amount at this point. And... You know, there, there's all this drama going on and all this excitement. And I think the playoffs are going to be super fun. But to your point, if you have watched the Bucks play over the last three months, I just don't really see how you can make an argument that if their main guys are out there on the court and playing in the playoffs, how they're not the pretty overwhelming favorite to win a second title in three years. Canty, what has you skeptical about the Bucks? Well, first of all, in the month of March, they really haven't played anybody that, that we would view as a title contender and actually won the game. I mean, they lost to the Philadelphia 76ers on March 4th. And, Carlin, I'm not impressed with back-to-back wins against the Pacers and the Pistons. Those teams stink. I mean, they're not very good. They played this past Saturday against the Denver Nuggets on the road and lost. So I mean, we we, st- we keep trying to crown the Milwaukee Bucks, and this is not the team that won the championship a few years ago. It's just not because Chris Middleton isn't the same player. Now, Middleton has been playing better of late, and we'll see where that goes. But I'm not going to sit here and anoint the Milwaukee Bucks, a team that allowed the Indiana Pacers last night to score 39 points in the second quarter and 38 points in the third quarter. I'm sorry, you're not going to win a lot of games in the playoffs if they're going to be 149 to 136. You got to be able to defend. And this Bucks team doesn't seem as scrappy as the one that won the championship uh, under Coach Bud on the defensive end. They're just not. And maybe that's because P.J. Tucker is out of the door. And I don't want to do or say anything to disparage what Drew Holiday is. Drew Holiday is a phenomenal player. I don't think he gets enough credit. But as good as he is and as good as Giannis is, I don't think they have enough firepower in order to contend with the likes of the Philadelphia 76ers and the Boston Celtics when they're right. Listen, I get it. And, you know, you have been talking about the fact that Middleton's not the same player. No. Um, I'm not going to go nuts there on that front yet. I, I, I can't get that upset about a team that has won 55 games. They're gonna win sixty probably, and yeah. so uh, and uh, and now I'm gonna start picking at who they're playing lately and all that. 
I can't I'm really not pick, do I'm that. not, not going to pick out of who they're playing lately. My point was that I don't know that they're as good as everybody is saying that they are. Drew Holiday has been phenomenal. Listen, last night he dropped 51 points. Like, I mean, he's 6'8 from three-point land. I mean, he was phenomenal last night. He was plus 26 in 32 minutes. How can you take anything away from what Drew Holiday has done? Even with Giannis and other guys being out of the lineup, he has been the one to shepherd this team through those difficult stretches where you're inevitably going to see adversity in the regular season. He's done that. I I love Drew Holiday as a player. I love Giannis as a player. There is something that's missing from this team when it comes to being a true title contender, and I think it's the firepower on the rest of the roster, what the other starters are bringing to the table and also what the bench players are bringing to the table. They don't have enough offensive punch beyond the top two guys, and that's a bit concerning, and they don't defend as well. I love Brooke Lopez as a, as a rim protector. He's good. <laughs> but overall, their defense is not what it once was, and so I'm questioning whether or not this team is actually going to be the team that represents the Eastern Conference in the NBA Finals. And say what you will, I have more faith, and I can't believe I'm saying this, I have more faith in what I've seen from the Philadelphia Sixers when they're home (laughs) than what I've seen from the Milwaukee Bucks. I'm going to push back a little bit on the Middleton stuff. Because is it as consistent as it was before the injury? It's not. Can he still go for 30? He can. He can on any night. I mean, he went for 34 the other night. Granted, I know that's the Pistons, yeah. but I, I'm he's still capable of doing it. So I guess my point is this is one of those teams, Canty, when I'm when they're dead, show me the body. Okay. That's kind of is how it's feeling to me this year. If you're going to tell me that it's over, I actually need to see it be over before I'm going to fully believe in it. I hear you. I hear you. Um, I understand everything that you're saying. Now, the other flip part of this is that they've got the Celtics tonight in Milwaukee. The Celtics are fascinating because of everything that's gone on with Jalen Brown lately. Here's Jay Williams on the Celtics and the possibilities of them trying to keep Brown and Tatum together. There's a lot of talk around whether Jalen Brown will continue to be a Boston Celtic. After next season, he will be a free agent. There have been a lot of talks about where does he go? Does he want to stay in Boston? Does he want to be an Atlanta Hawk? Does he want to be a Sacramento King? Does he want to be a New York Nick? You've been hearing the way he's been talking about Boston outside of the gym. You've been hearing ties about him and Kyrie Irving together. Will this duo stay together understanding what they could be? Now, here's my question, Canty. If if he makes all NBA... He's going to get the Supermax deal. And he's not going anywhere. Exactly. Yeah, because it's $100 million more over five years. So, so if he makes an all-NBA team, first team, second team, third team, he gets a five-year, $285 million deal. There's no way he passes up on the opportunity to extend in Boston. And big fella, that's what they make the Supermax for. Yeah, to make, so you can to keep make superstar players sit still and keep your guys. That's why they do it. And so that'd be a tough proposition for Jalen Brown to pass up on making that kind of money. I, I can't believe he's that principled where he's going to forego that opportunity in order to go into free agency and make markedly less in, 2020, in summer of 2024. I just can't don't you, see it's, that. It's hard to imagine that somebody who right now is, I think, eighth, ninth in the league in scoring, 
something yeah. like that, yeah. that that guy's not going to make the top 15 players of the season. So my it just depends is, if he's going to be classified as a guard or as a forward. If he's a forward, then he's got a really good chance because there have been a lot of forwards that have been injured this year. I mean, the guard position is loaded, dude. The guard position is loaded. It is. But do you think that Jalen Brown would not find his way? So here's my question ultimately, okay? As, as Jay Will just said, he, got, uh, he has one more year left on his deal. If you are Jalen Brown and you don't make it this year, do you force your way out of town this offseason with a trade? Or if you do make it this year, do you sign the Supermax and then just in a year or two, that's when I go. That's when I tell you I want out. Because well, yeah, honestly, it, it, as you and I have both talked about a lot lately, doesn't really matter what the contracts say anymore. Yeah, players can shoot their way out of town if they yeah. want to. And, and, and that's, that's why this year, the rest of the regular season and the postseason matter so much to the Boston Celtics. And Joe Mazzulla, God bless him, this is an unenviable position for him to be in. And I, get, I get that a lot of people think he inherited this Ferrari, but I mean... When you consider the chemistry issues on that team and trying to toe that line between appeasing Jason Tatum, who's a superstar, and Jalen Brown, who ain't far behind, this is going to be tough because there is that internal friction when it comes to who's going to be the guy at the end of games. Jalen Brown is much more aggressive on both ends of the courts than Tatum is. A lot of people think Tatum is the more talented of the two. And so you get into this space where not only the coaching staff, but the franchise, the front office, try to appease both players. And it's clear based on the comments that Jalen Brown feels like he's on the wrong end of that pandering that happens within that building. And so I I just this is one of those situations that you don't necessarily have a clear path to navigate through and find the solution for. But as they say, winning is the ultimate deodorant. It clears all ills. If this team gets back to the NBA Finals, then all of a sudden you could make a case for not only Jalen Brown staying in Boston because it's financially in his best interest, but it's in his best basketball interest. If they fall short and they have a disappointing exit in the postseason, say they get bounced in the first or second round, then I think that does potentially open the door for Jalen Brown, even if he does extend to want to get out of Boston sooner rather than later. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. At Progressive, they're making things even easier. They'll help you bundle your home and car insurance together so you can save on both. Learn more at Progressive.com or 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. Later on tonight, we've got more NBA action on ESPN Radio, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. It is the Pelicans and the Nuggets. Sean Kelly, NBA on ESPN Radio, will have the call later on this evening. Sean, Canty and Carlin, brother, we appreciate a few minutes. And let's just start in that conversation as you, of course, call games all over the league. What is your read on the Jalen Brown uh, Jason Tatum, entire Celtic situation o- overall, and if that's going to work long term. Yeah, hi guys, uh, thanks for having me. It's it's an interesting dynamic because they've been so close here, and yet it's going to come down to them and Milwaukee again. And so, are we going to gauge the success of this current makeup of the Celtics in an era where they've got this foil in Milwaukee that's always there waiting for them? 
for a game seven in a deep playoff series. I had them last year going head to head and it was remarkably fun to call. So uh, the, the, the dynamic between those two is, is only strengthened by whether or not Robert Williams is involved, how Marcus Smart is doing, you know, all those things play into it. But I guess I'm kind of with you guys in the conversation that I just kind of got the tail end of listening to is if they fall short again, does Jalen need a, a new place, a fresh start somewhere or do they keep hammering away at this because it becomes harder and harder to match up the right duo in this league um, for a variety of reasons. So I, I don't know. I, I just I don't want to mess with something that is proven to be awfully darn good, uh, you know, for the sake of the fact that they just can't get past this foil or they have once before. That, that's an interesting dynamic, and, and then the finances will come into it, and, and I won't get into that because that's way over my pay grade, but. Um, I enjoy watching the two of them play together. I think they're complementary in a lot of ways. Um, and I think there's something for consistency and longevity, too, and what that can do in the long run. So I, I hate to tinker with it too much just yet. I'm with you, Sean. I don't know if it's going to be the Celtics' choice in this in this matter, but to think that you've got a guy that's 26 years old in Jalen Brown and a guy that's 25 years old in Jason Tatum, both playing at an all NBA level, love all NBA level. You'd want to give that as much runway as you possibly can. Uh, talking to Sean Kelly, NBA on ESPN Radio. He'll have the call of Pelicans and Nuggets tonight on ESPN Radio, starting at nine thirty. Sean, I want to ask you about this because I couldn't help but notice in your answer about talking about the Eastern Conference that you left out the Philadelphia Sixers when it comes to teams that could represent the conference in the NBA Finals. How close are the Sixers to those other two teams, the Boston Celtics and the Milwaukee Bucks? Well, that's, that is a difficult question. And, I, you know, I am sliding Philly in some way by, by the conversation we just had. But I still do believe that it's Milwaukee and Boston. Now, look, an injury can happen at any moment. Um, Will what's what's the deal with Harden's injury situation? Will that affect him long term? And I'm talking about long term in, in the fact that we're talking about the next 40 days. Because mm-hmm. that's how long this is going to take to really kind of flesh out to where one of them is going to have to knock the other out. So, you know, I don't want to knock Philly too much here. I just I've just felt all along that it's Milwaukee and then Boston in the conversation and then seemingly in the East kind of everybody else. And, and again, I don't want to slight Cleveland either because they're awfully dangerous too. I just think that those two teams that we talked about, Milwaukee and Boston, are a tick ahead of the others. Philly's situation is is fluid because of the Harden deal. But they have all the pieces. And, and we're talking about Joel Embiid being the MVP. And he's doing it at both ends of the floor. And that's why probably he's got the slight edge in this MVP conversation. So let's see what happens there too. Uh, you know, it, it, we haven't paid as much attention to the East as far as parity goes because we're starting to see everybody kind of slot, right? It's already kind of determined, at, the, at least at the top of the Eastern Conference, whereas in the West, it's wide open, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't write down anybody in pen on the top line in the West just yet. So I think that plays into my thinking and where human nature plays into it a little bit for me after watching the body of work. Sean Kelly's got the Pelicans and Nuggets tonight, ESPN Radio, 9.30 p.m. Eastern. Sean Canty, as a Lakers fan, officially has hope. We don't want to take that away from him. Get on board, Sean. He should. Good vibes only. Okay, so let's talk about that. That was my question. Is it foolhardy for him to have hope, or is it fair? No, hope is relative, okay? So is it... 
you know, you hope that they can go all the way. Sure. Um, are you hopeful? I mean, two different words, I guess. Look, all I know is this. Since the trade deadline, I think they're 12-7. and seven. They're playing defense as good, if not better, than anybody else in the league right now. Um, they get this injection of LeBron James now back into this mix. They did, they did more than tread water playing without LeBron. And Austin Reeves, they have a legitimate superstar in the making. I've known Anthony Davis since he came out of Kentucky because of his background in New Orleans and, and all that. When, when AD is right, he's in the top five, six, seven players in the league. So suddenly now a Lakers team that seems to be more committed on the defensive end has a fresh injection from LeBron James and seemingly now has some chemistry too, which seems strange in that conversation about the Lakers over the last couple of years. But they play with some chemistry right now. And so just kind of like I said earlier about the West and that I won't write anybody's name in pen at the top, I think the Lakers could be sneaky in the postseason here. There's about four or five teams in that mix. But, yes, I think hope is valid at this point when it comes to Los Angeles. Now, Sean, I'm going to pivot a little bit because I know you're also the voice of the Florida Gators when it comes to uh, some of the things in the college athletics realm. And Anthony Richardson, that's a big conversation, his pro day today down in Gainesville. What do you make, what are you hearing about Anthony Richardson potentially being a top five pick in this year's NFL draft? Top five, and then I hope it's the right situation for Anthony. So let me just throw this out there. And again, I don't have, you know, Let's say Seattle's the team, okay? Might that be the right situation for Anthony Richardson in that they just extended Geno and they've got a proven commodity there that Anthony can go to Seattle and learn there for a couple of years, learn more about proper footwork, setting his feet, reading defenses, some of the things that have you know, given him problems here in his young career. So that, to me, is the perfect fit, and so that could potentially be a top-five pick. Indy's interesting in that sense too, but a little bit different dynamic. The deal is this. I arrived in Gainesville in late July, so I got my eyes on Anthony for the first time at the start of this past training camp. And when you walk on the field and you see that dude, you just stop and go, whoa. I mean, the size, his arm talent, his speed at 4-4-3, and his ability to either run around you or run through you at that size, all those things are freakish in a lot of ways. It was a roller coaster ride during the season. A lot of highs. Definitely some lows, um, but I keep I kept having to remind myself: first year as a full time starter under a brand new staff in a brand new system, and then at times up against some of the best defensive minds in college football. So, selfishly, I would have loved to see Richardson come back for another year at Florida. I think he would have taken huge steps. I think we've seen him take big steps since the end of the football season and in preparation for the combine as pro day and now the draft. So. All those things are in play. I, you know, he's a he's a com- he's not quite Cam. <laughs> he's not Fields. He, he's somewhere in the middle there. But look, he can do a lot of things that other human beings can't. You can't ignore that size. I, I'm I'm not surprised in the least bit that there are a lot of NFL front office folks who can't resist here. But I think it has to be the right situation. I'm not so sure that the best thing for a franchise and or Anthony Richardson is to put him in a situation where he has to be the guy right away. I think he's going to be awesome at the next level, just it's going to take a little more time and seasoning. Fantastic scouting report right there, Sean, especially from a guy who has seen him each and every week as a starter. We appreciate it. Enjoy tonight. Pelicans, Nuggets, 9.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio. Great stuff.
Great. Thanks, guys. Looking forward to the night. Sean Kelly, who will have that game, NBA on ESPN Radio tonight. And that ties in with our dash to the draft. And it surrounds Anthony Richardson. You just heard the guy that called every single one of his games as a starter this past year tell you in a very honest way that this has to be the right situation and there are pitfalls there. So is Anthony Richardson worth a top five pick or is it too much of a risk? We will get into that in just moments with Dash to the Draft. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. It is on the way right after this from our friends at FanDuel. Now, basketball's heating up. There's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel America's number one sportsbook because right now, FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets if your bet doesn't win. Your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash play to sign up today. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 21 plus in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 deposit required. Refund issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 in New York. 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming or visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Canty and Carlin podcast. Well, Jacob DeGrom just gave up a two-run bomb. (laughs) Must be opening day. Down in Texas. Well, at least he's not hurt, big fella. Yet. Canty and Carlin. Yet yet is the operative word. (laughs) I'm sorry. I don't mean to. 
I'm certainly not wishing him on it. It's just as a Texas You're fan. You're a jaded Rangers fan. Yes, okay. I am jaded. I am quite jaded. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, we are presented by Progressive Insurance. And every day, leading up to the NFL Draft, because Canty and I, along with Mike Tannenbaum and Ian Fitzsimmons, will be hosting it right here on ESPN Radio, the NFL Draft, April 27th, 28th, 29th. Every day at this time, we've got your dash to the draft. Okay, football fans, let's get back to some football. This is the Dash for the Draft with Canty and Carlin. And so we it just, gets me every time. It gets me every time with Goodell saying, okay, football fans, back to football. Yeah, it is a little. We, we know why we're here, Roger. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know what? I, I, I've told you this before. I live for the awkward. And, and that's awkward. That is very awkward. Yeah. Let, let's get back to – you know what? I can't even do it justice. Okay, football fan. Let's get back to some football. Exactly. We know. Goodell is very good at his job. Not being socially awkward, not so much. I'll tell you what, <laughs> if, they, so if they paid him for that, he'd be making more than $60 million a year. Oh, yeah. If he was – Oh, about no it. doubt about that. Yeah. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. And our dash to the draft today focuses on Anthony Richardson, who's having his pro dame uh, down in game. He threw the ball, every cannon for an arm. But there are a lot of questions when you look at what the production was. When you had games last year where the completion percentage was under 50%. We had Sean Kelly – the voice of the Florida Gators on just a few moments ago. Fellas, play it from there. Here is Sean describing what needs to happen in order for Anthony Richardson to be successful. Guys, you have it from there? Apologies, I did not have it on my screen. Well, uh, well here it is. There it is. Maybe if I just look for Sean Kelly. I think we've seen him take big steps since the end of the football season and in preparation for the combine as pro day and now the draft. So all those things are in play. You know, he's not quite Cam. (laughs) He's not Fields. He's somewhere in the middle there. But, look, he can do a lot of things that other human beings can't. You can't ignore that size. I'm I'm not surprised in the least bit that there are a lot of NFL front office folks who can't resist – here, but I think it has to be the right situation. I'm not so sure that the best thing for a franchise and or Anthony Richardson is to put him in a situation where he has to be the guy right away. I think he's going to be awesome at the next level, just it's going to take a little more time and seasoning. So, Canty, with that in mind, does it make more sense for the Seattle Seahawks to be pursuing him than, say, the Indianapolis Colts? Well, here's what I'll say about it. I think you have to have a coach in place that can develop young quarterbacks and that can use the dominant physical traits that Anthony Richardson has and implement them in an offense where it accentuates what he does and mitigates some of the downside of what he's bringing to the table because you're talking about a guy that's been in a lot of different offensive systems. His last three years as a full-time starter, it's been three different systems. So some of that shows up on tape in terms of him going through his progression and knowing where to go with the football and being able to process that information quickly. I think once he gets with a head coach and a play caller that can allow the offense, the scheme, and Anthony Richardson's traits to dictate to the defense and not the other way around, I think you can see him have some early success if he's thrust into action in his rookie season. 
But I'm of the opinion uh, that that Anthony Richardson should be in a situation where he should sit. So the the long-winded way of answering your question, yes, I think Seattle is more ideal for him because there's less pressure on him to play immediately. That's going to be Geno Smith's team when he walks into the locker room, and there won't be a lot of pressure to play him early because Geno just took the Seattle Seahawks to the playoffs in a year that everybody left them for dead. So I think this is a situation where there's not a lot of pressure on them from Seattle's standpoint. They're not going to have a lot of times where they anticipate drafting inside the top five, inside the top ten. So it makes sense for them to get a successor to Geno Smith, uh, somebody that can be the long-term answer at quarterback, and for Anthony Richardson, an organization that can slow walk his development and not put him out there until he's absolutely ready. And, Canty, there are a couple of things here that I want to know specifically. Accuracy is an issue. Yes. I have heard a lot about footwork for Anthony Richardson. Can you teach accuracy? And if you can, what role that plays in it for the dopes like me that don't don't understand it without getting too far into the weeds? Well, yeah, I mean, you can absolutely teach accuracy. And the poster boy for it is Josh Allen. And I remember me and you talking during the break, and you just said, you know, that's who he reminds me of in terms of a prospect with a lot of raw ability that's not refined yet. And then you saw Josh Allen steadily improve his completion percentage every year he's been in the NFL. So I think that's what you're looking for, that type of trajectory. Uh, can Anthony Richardson do that? I, I think it's all there for him. Uh, it's just a matter of him being able to get with a coaching staff that can harness his ability. But the footwork specifically, the part we want to zero in on, Carlin, from anything, any sport, anything that's athletic, it all starts with your base, with your footwork. That's the foundation for everything you do. So when you start talking about a quarterback's accuracy, it's a quarterback being able to throw on platform while having balance. That's how he's going to be most consistent in terms of the placement of his passes. And if you have a quarterback that doesn't have good footwork or is inconsistent in that realm – then that's when you're going to have accuracy issues. So I think that's the part that people have to keep in mind. Can he develop the footwork that's necessary for him to be consistent and be accurate at this level? We've seen quarterbacks do it, whether you want to point to Josh Allen. Jalen Hurts is another example in the transformation he went through from year one as a full-time starter to this past season. I think him getting with Tom House and working on that on the West Coast in the offseason did wonders for him. So to answer your question, yes, You can improve your accuracy, and footwork is the biggest aspect of that. Everything that you do athletically starts with your base and your foundation, and for a quarterback, footwork is paramount. Would you take the shot at a top-five pick with Anthony Richardson if you are a team that needs him to play soon? You kind of laid out what would be perfect for him, but if you're the Colts at four, would you take him? Yeah, I mean, if I'm the Colts at four, I, I, I strongly consider taking him. If I'm the Las Vegas Raiders at seven, I strongly consider jumping in front of the Colts to try to take him. Yeah. The Arizona Cardinals are going to be open for business with that third overall pick. They're not going after a quarterback. So if you're the Las Vegas Raiders and, and you have a higher grade on Anthony Richardson than you do with a guy like Will Levis, then you go get your guy. And with Vegas, you got Jimmy Garoppolo as your bridge quarterback. If Jimmy G has proven nothing else in this league, he is the best damn bridge quarterback. He really is. So, I mean, listen, you go after that. You know you don't have to play him in year one because Jimmy G is familiar with Josh McDaniel's system. So you set yourself up if you're the Raiders to win now, but to also win for the future. 
And, and so I think that move for Dave Ziegler, their GM, makes a lot of sense. We'll see what happens, but I do think the team that ultimately drafts Anthony Richardson is a team that moves up. I don't think the Seattle Seahawks can get him at five. I think it's a team that moves up in order to get him, whether it's the Seahawks, whether it's the Colts, who, who, whoever it is. That's a team that's going to move up to get him because I think Anthony Richardson is going to be the third quarterback. All- this podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. Leaving out of Doncic, pinned on the half-court stripe. Dribbles his way against Harris, gets by him into the lane, and it's blocked by Embiid at the 10, Joel Embiid. Blocking Luka Doncic. JoJo at it last night. But Canty, I, I was shocked. I was absolutely stunned at what Joel Embiid said after the game because if there's one thing that we have heard over the last several weeks, I'm sorry, several years, is how unhappy he has been about not winning the MVP. It's Kenty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. But Kenty, listen to Joel last night after the game. By the way, great again. By the way, I mean, myself, you know what I think about the other night and about the fact that he didn't play against uh, Nikola Jokic, but uh, I don't think a lot of people are going to think the same way I do. Here he is on the MVP award and how important it is to him. I don't care if I win it or not. Um, you know, I'm just focused on trying to win the championship and whatever happens out there. If we win, great. You know, if we don't, or if I don't win anything, I don't care. Cap. All cap. All cap. In all caps, big fella. I, I, you know he cares about winning MVP because he told us that much at the end of last year. He said, what more I got to do, man? Nearly in tears. He was a little misty when he was talking to the reporters. Yeah. You could tell it meant something to him. So for him to sit back and try to be all chill, like, oh, yeah, it don't, it don't really matter to me. Nah, bro, you just saying that because you saw a recent straw poll that had you a couple of points ahead of uh, uh, Nikola Jokic to win the MVP. It's easy to say that when you're the front runner that it's not about the MVP. But we know that that matters to you. So for all of the good things that Joel has done this season and for how he's elevated this team, that's one of those where I just need you to chill out a little bit, bro. We, we know you're not keeping it a buck with us. Uh, is that a stop yourself moment? Yeah, that, that, that's, that's a stop yourself or an Ebro from Hot 97, congratulations, you played yourself. <laughs> like, you can't, you can't do that. Like, we, we know it matters to you now. <laughs> 
your play is also showing us that it matters to you. Because last night, what I saw in the fourth quarter, when you blocked that lob attempt from Doncic to Maxi Kleber, that was a hell of a play. I thought it was hurt for a minute, but that was a hell of a play defensively that Joel had. And that's the part of his game, Carlin, that he doesn't get enough credit for. Just his awareness, his ability to be able to slough off of, whether it was Kleber or Dwight Powell, whatever big was in the game for the Mavs, sloughing off of that guy, providing some help for Luka Doncic when when he tried to post up in the paint, providing some help for dribble penetration with Kyrie Irving. Being able to do that and not be in illegal defense, not be in no man's land, all of those different things matter in addition to him being an outstanding rim protector. He does not get enough credit for his defensive prowess. I mean, you're not only talking about a guy that's an MVP candidate, but this is a defensive player of the year candidate too. This guy is the total package. And when you start to talk about modern day centers, he's exactly what you're looking for. Listen, he uh, not too long ago, back in February, to win defensive player of the year, Canty, was at plus 4,000. In other words, 40 to 1. I would have absolutely jumped on that with Joel Embiid. And yeah. the thing I'll say here is, look, just just don't pretend. Don't pretend. <laughs> no, don't do that. It, it, we know you want to win a championship. I don't think anybody questions that about Embiid. But when you talk as actively as you have the last couple of years, I mean, she said, tears in his eyes. That bummed out by it. Just... Don't don't pretend like you're past it and whatever. It's no. not wrong. It's not wrong to want it. There's no rule against no, wanting to. Nobody be would the fault MVP. him for that. No, everybody knows that Joel is selfless. The way he plays defense and puts his body on the line, you can tell it's team first. There's nothing wrong with wanting the individual accolades, the recognition as well. Because all it does is validate what most of us that watch basketball on a regular basis already know. He's one of the best players in the entire league. So, yeah, it's okay to want both things. You can want to have team success at the highest level and want to be the MVP too. Canty, right now, plus uh, 100,000. Plus 100,000 to win Defensive Player of the Year. Which is wild. Which is wild. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.